listening to me? What do you want to do with your life? I want to rock. I would tell you it's, it's outrageous still. Because it glorifies, glamorizes, and packages evil. Yeah, but all that cares about is dark and brutal. Shut up and listen to the wail of my banshee fingers. I only play metal. You're listening to The Metal Show on WCRX 88.1 FM, a Columbia College radio station. I am the Reverend of Volume. And I am the Exalted Ikizar. What are we doing today? We're checking out some of the best albums from 2009 that aren't Crack the Sky. So far. So far. (laughs) And it's really important to bring that up because, you know, that Mastodon record, if you haven't bought it yet, it's it's kind of a big deal. You need it. But there's other records out there, too, that that you definitely need to check out. Seemingly nobody is talking about, so that is our goal today. Yeah. Or at least records that people might have talked about for a little while. Yeah. And then kind of stopped talking about. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I feel about the first record I want to share with you guys, and that is the uh, Creator album, Hordes of Chaos. For sure. Probably one of the first records that came out this year. Um and I just got to remind people about it. You know, this is the first album uh, that they had recorded in a live setting since Pleasure to Kill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it just has that organic, just flesh-rending thrash feel to it, you know? Um, you know, we're talking just, just that straight-up thrash with some melodic hooks, yeah. but none of the, like, fruity kind of Gothenburg stuff that they that they kind of got into for a little while, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of trouble kicking <laughs> for the longest <laughs> time. They had a lot of trouble kicking the Gothenburg trend. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it's just a really awesome record. Uh, you know what? I think all they needed to do was to prove that they're still relevant, which they did with Enemy of God, but I think Hordes of Chaos really, like, solidified them in the year 2009 to still be relevant and obviously they've been touring for it ever since and speaking of their their shows we we got a chance to see them live it's like watching creator 1985 i never saw creator 1985 but i could granted granted with a much more elaborate stage of course yeah like it, 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 I think we, we talked about this a lot afterwards. Like, there is no excuse for bands like Metallica, yeah. where it's it's hit or miss basically mm. if you see them live. You know, yeah. Creator has been around longer. They play faster. They play faster. <laughs> yeah, they have. They're just their songs are just that much more you know intense to play. Exactly, and they tear it up every night, no exception. Yeah, kind of like this record. So let's play a track from Hordes of Chaos. Here's Creator with Amok Run.
That is a muck run from Creator from their album from way, way early in the year, Hordes of Chaos, and that's what we're doing. We're talking about some of the best albums that aren't Crack the Sky that have come out so far in the year 2009. And i got to bring this record up mainly because you really disliked it for whatever yeah, reason. I had a lot of problems with this record. And I was on the complete opposite end of the spectrum because, one, I already like the band, so I was kind of biased, but I just really love this record because I found myself coming back to it more times than I expected to. I'm talking about Mind the Drift from Big Business. Um, some of the things about this album that I really loved is just the expanse on their sound they just brought it to this whole nother level by adding a guitarist and you didn't like it because he kind of played sort of a frank zappa sort of primacy role yeah, i wouldn't i wouldn't have had a problem with another guitarist if he was playing something that made sense for the music that they that i've come to know for big <laughs> business i just think it's like it's 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 it doesn't make any sense what he's what he's playing along with them see i thought the opposite because they've been using guitars on their albums this whole time anyways as kind of an accent not to mention this album added a bunch of organs a little bit more of an epic feel a little bit more of a blue oyster cult feel if anything with just kind of really quirky songwriting that we've already come to know from big business but they kind of stepped it up a notch and it's a really short album and i think that's why i kept coming back to it just because it's a real quick fix yeah. of sound you know so i just thought this was just one of the best things that's come out so far this year, because you have songs like Eyes Have It, which, you know, it's got the melodies in there, it's got the epic build-ups, it's got organs, it's got everything. So let's hear that track, and maybe somewhere by the end of the year, you will be convinced that this record is one of the best that come out. Perhaps. <laughs> Chasing rabbits. 
Have It from the latest big business album, Mind the Drift. Uh, one of the Reverend of Volumes picks for the best of 2009 thus far. That isn't Crack the Sky. And my pick is um, a record that I think you described as being too good. <laughs> yeah, I think I had to like hide it. They, for a little while before I could go back to it again. You can't listen to music this exhausting yeah. all the time. I'm talking about the second, no, the third full-length mm-hmm. record from uh, Colorado's Cobalt. This record is called Gin. Um, and, you know, i got to say, their their previous album, Eater of Birds, which was my introduction to mm-hmm. them in our uh, our glorious road trip <laughs> to... Uh, to uh, Baltimore to see Pentagram. Oh, yeah, by the way, we saw Pentagram. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Two times. Three times for the Reverend. Anyway, um, first time I heard them was with this Eater of Birds album, and it was so awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. Really freaking just good. <laughs> it's even hard metal. to describe because if you haven't heard it, like you might as well just go here because nothing we say is well, really going to... Not necessarily. I mean, you know, I think this is the first U.S. black metal, American black metal uh, record that sounds especially American. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Norwegian black metal, it sounds like Norway, mm. you know? Even even the Swedish stuff, you know, it's it sounds like it, it comes from from somewhere. Totally. And I think this is the first record that really that really sounds American. You know, they're talking about Hunter S. Thompson and mm. uh, Ernest Hemingway, and they're still sort of caught in that American thrash sensibility too. But at the same time, there's that tribal drumming. Mm-hmm. And the sort of variety and and the the crusty the crustiness of the of the guitars Native American really like a lot of I, yeah. the elements that seep through the you know base of black metal yeah or at least you know Wild West kind yeah, of black something metal something weird frontier yeah, <laughs> you know that's yeah. what I feel and also you have to talk about the absolutely savage vocals of oh, Phil man. McSorley oh, who man. I guess sounds like sort of like Grutel from Enslaved, mm-hmm. but more crazy. Yeah. Just because of his very interesting background. You know, he's he's a sergeant actively deployed in the US military and he loves his job. You know, he's yeah. he's uh, you know, it it's not entirely hyperbolic to say that the guy's a killer, you know? Mm-hmm. We're talking active combat. And this record just sounds so warm and urgent, which is unlike, you know, other black metal records which are more cold mm-hmm. calculating you know um this is easily my number one for the year so far and at the same time it's an exhausting record yeah particularly the song that i want to uh play for you two-thumbed fist it's almost 10 minutes long and it's really intense <laughs> so uh snuggle in <laughs>
two-thumbed fist. I still really don't know what that means, but it's a ridiculously awesome song either way. Um, we got one more album that we have to have to talk about because yep. when both of us heard this, I think we like came back to each other as if we really did turn into giggling schoolgirls because we both thought it was that good. Yeah. The only other album after Crack the Sky that should get as much press as Crack the Sky, I feel. That's how good I thought it was. What am I talking about? You're going to, you know, question us maybe if you haven't heard it yet. Maybe but... walk off diagonally. <laughs> but the band is Giant Squid. The album is The Ichthyologist. And, yeah, it totally bugs me that this album is getting no press at all. Really, it, it's just kind of mind-boggling, you know, I mean, why... they, there were some weird circumstances surrounding the release of the record, but still, it's just so good. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's... I think it's because of the narrative quality of it, you know? Mm-hmm. There's there's an epic sort of weaving storyline, and it's and it's completely otherworldly. You know, these yeah. these this is why I listen to music because, exactly. it, or at least this kind of music, or what really appeals to me about this kind of music, is that they it, it takes you to another place completely. You know, and at the same time, this this record, if if I were to describe it to someone, just the amount of instruments that they have on oh, this, you know, yeah, you know, not just guitar, drums, bass, you know, we got trumpets, cello. Um, there's an oboe on this record. There's you know? times on this record where it feels like there's at least 20 different people playing it's, it's, on the same song. It should sound like a mess. Yeah. But it doesn't. No. I mean, this record did pretty much everything right from the songwriting, um, the subject very interesting, matter. Very interesting imagery <laughs> in the lyrics, if you read it. Like, Definitely. I, I've, I, there's rumors that apparently there's going to be sort of like a giant squid ichthyologist comic book. Hmm. But you know what? They don't really need one because no. this record pretty much sets all the all the colors and all the imagery that you could ever need. Yeah, pretty much perfectly. Yeah, I mean the sound of this record just blew me away because yeah. there is so much going on in these songs, but you could hear every single little nuance. And the more you listen to it, the more you pick up on. You know, I didn't even realize there was a banjo when I was listening to it for like the first time. But then those second, third times, I'm like. Oh my god, that's a banjo being yeah. backed up by a fiddle. What is happening? You know, where it's just like sound upon sound, layer upon layer, much like the ocean. You know, the deeper you go, the more, the weirder it gets. Yep. You know, the the more dense it gets, and that's what this band is. Like, you need this album for the year 2009. You know, if this isn't going to end up in my top ten, which it will, <laughs> you know, I, I really don't see why it won't end up in anyone else's top ten. This is just completely mind-blowing music. Yeah. Let's play a track from the last Giant Squid album, The Ichthyologist, one of those records that you just gotta have. It's called Seven Gill on the Metal Show.
Gavin Gill from Giant Squid. That's uh, that concludes some of our picks for best of 2009. But there's albums. some other stuff you need too. Oh man, there's there's been so much. If anything, I'm just so glad we decided to do this show and had so many awesome albums to review during the course of it. Yeah. Because otherwise, I don't know what we would have done. Right off the top of my head, some other albums that definitely deserve mention. I brought this up to you before. Orcustus. Yep. One of the best black metal albums of this past year. Proves that Norway still got it in spades. Oh my god, when you talk about just like evil, thrashing, hateful music, that's what Orcustus is. That's the kind of stuff I look for in like circle pit inducing metal. That and if you gotta mention the last Absu record. Yeah, which nice is pretty, comeback. Pretty, pretty cool. They're self-titled. What you else? Know, as, we're, as long as we're talking about black Just metal. Rattle it off. Wolves in the Throne Room, Black Cascade, You know, one of their most concise efforts, even though each song is still around the 15-minute mark. You know, you had albums from Napalm Death this year, Cannibal Corpse, you know, a lot of legends. Brutal Truth back. came back. Yeah, putting out phenomenal albums. What a great year for Grind in general. Mumakill kind of came out of nowhere and put yep. out this excellent grindcore album um god what else is there i mean just recently on our last show we talked b- about the new yob record which is instantly made planet my planet shortlist. planet eating doom <laughs> and then also on the doom front uh we got the last the last zoroaster record which uh, although a flawed album certainly some good material yeah. on there also, Serpent Cult. Yes. Uh, one of the brightest that are touring spots, together. One of the brightest spots in metal to come out this year on the Rise Above Records label. Of course, Legendary Label putting out, you know, New another, School Doom. Yeah, another excellent band. Um, God, there's been just too much. You know, the more I keep thinking about it, the more excited I get about stuff that has come out. You know, and then I think about some of like the, I guess you could say smaller releases, kind of stuff that really came out of left field. We reviewed that band Ghost Cube. Yeah. Which was actually a really, really good record. Same thing with like Tribulation. Oh man. Where Talk did about, that come from? Yeah, one of the best death metal albums of the year. You know, this small band out of Sweden or, you know, we had stuff that we reviewed on the show like uh, Scale the Summit. Yeah, that was kind of an odd one because it was instrumental, almost like post rock, and you know how much I hate that term, but it was it was a great album. And of course, if we're gonna talk about stuff like that, Devin Townsend with the oh, key album, yeah. and that's yeah. only the beginning for how heavy that whole series. You know, of I've been is going I've been get. following Devin Townsend on Twitter now. Oh really? And you just get to see like all the like little things that get done here, and like you know he'll tweet like every time he's like I'd get too excited. It's (laughs) it's gonna be intense. Um, yeah, 2009 definitely. It's our well, it's already been a phenomenal year for metal. I think like (laughs) even if there were no more good releases, yeah, during the year, it still would have been like if like you know if it just everything completely dropped off, yeah, it would still be. Uh, one hell of a year for metal. Yeah, you know, we still got some great things to look forward to. You know, first of all, we got to bring up that Shrine Builder record is finally coming out soon Oof. enough. You know, we've Oof. been hearing the the story surrounding this record, reading Scott Kelly, you know, his blog posts about the recording process of the record, and that happened you all the way back to in Wino. January. Yeah, you know, it's just like... Oh, when are we finally going to be graced by the presence of this record? Just to hear it, it could it could sound like nothing else, you know, or it could be a complete disappointment. We just don't even know at the moment because we haven't heard even a single thing from it yet. Also, Slayer. Oh yeah, I've that heard band, of them. That band, they're 
Slayer. You know, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see where they stack up with like a year filled with a whole bunch of thrash metal releases. Like we brought up Creator, you know, putting out one of the best albums of their career, you know. Easily. And here we have Slayer. They they still kind of feel like they're trying to prove themselves ever since whatever happened to them in the late 90s. You know, they kind yeah. of have that, that air about them where it's like they realize they're Slayer but they realize they're Slayer in a bad way, too, where people automatically... They never had their Sane Anger. Yeah. They never even had their, their Black Album, really. No. Which, you know, they never had anything that was, like, really kind of arguably, yeah. like, terrible, you know? Yeah. They just kind of had some weaker releases. Um, right. But if, if Psychopathy Red is any indication... We should be in for a really, really world, world painted blood. Yeah, that's a, even though the name is weird. <laughs> anyway, we actually do have some new releases that we need to talk about. Yeah. Let's let's get into those. Since we last heard from one of Australia's best black metal bands, although I can't really think of too many more, uh, that's Destroyer 666 from the new album Defiance. And I'm a pretty big fan of this band, even though they really haven't quite broken through to America. You well, know, they're pretty much one of those. They're pretty much one of the most straightforward bands. Yeah. Ever. I mean, down to their name. Yeah. Being about as metal as it gets. <laughs> to, you know, they're from Australia, so essentially they're almost like they're complete outsiders to any Norwegian scene, any American black metal scene, nothing. When I think of Australian metal, I think of Portal, because that's one of the other <laughs> weird, uh, one of the other bands that yeah. I think of about, you know, just, just with Australia in general, and there's nothing comparable to them. Totally. You know, so, I was really curious. I honestly thought that this band just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. It's been six years since they put out their last EP, and here they are with only their fourth full-length album. Uh, so let's see where they are now. This is Blood for Blood from Destroyer 666 and their new album, Defiance. <laughs>
Blood for Blood from the new Defiance record uh, from Destroyer 666. And, you know, you mentioned it's been six years, maybe six months and six weeks? No. Um, <laughs> maybe six years and uh, six years since their last album. And this is all we got? Yeah, you know, I don't know what it is. Like, for some reason, I listened to this album a few times and I was kind of disappointed by it. And I can't quite pinpoint exactly what it is, because Phoenix Rising was an incredible album. Cold Steel for an Iron Age. If you haven't heard that album, go track it down. Really, really killer stuff, you know, just straight to the point, black metal. But they would go on these tangents of sorts and create their kind of sort of epic black metal pieces as well, which were weird and straightforward in their own way too you know I, I i can't even really describe it but this band is just pure intensity and this album kind of just washed over me I, it sounds like a destroyer 666 cover band yeah it, re it really does it you know it has it has all the ingredients necessary yeah to make it you know a really awesome record Except for the one little piece that kind of makes it all work, you know? Yeah. And, I'm, and I can't quite pinpoint exactly what That's it is. The thing. I thought this album was going to kick my ass when yeah. I heard the second track. Um, and then it just didn't happen. I was really disappointed. This is... This is a waste of time. It's I'm I'm not gonna give this record any horns. Yeah, like it's just like the strangest thing because it's not like the band sounds tired per se. They don't sound like they're no. Old. There's nothing on here that's particularly bad, but you know, compared to their other stuff, which yeah. is just fantastic. Exactly. It's, it's you know, it's just it's missing a, something. It's a slump. It's yeah. a slump for them. We don't really know what it's missing. I'll still give it one horn though because if you have heard the Phoenix Rising record or their past couple their last couple of EPs you know really killer stuff just hear this and decide on your own because I feel like this might be like a subject of debate for metalheads for the rest of the year if you're into that sort of thing I'm not I think this record sucks no horns for the new Defiance <laughs> for the new Destroyer 666 record Defiance <laughs> Fire and the Void from the brand new Behemoth album Evangelion, and um, I think the best way to describe Behemoth, you know, if there was if there was a United Nations of metal, <laughs> Behemoth and Vader would be the delegates for Poland, without a doubt. They've been just bearing that flag uh, of Polish blackened evil ass death metal for. <laughs> Pretty much a while. You know, 20, since 19, since 1991, they've yeah. been a band, which is kind of weird to think about. But they started off as a basically a crappy black metal band. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's no <laughs> nice way of putting it. A like crappy, the, raw de, raw black metal band. Yeah, not, necess not necessarily bad, just, just like, crappy. You yeah. know, ultra ultra sort of cult type of, yeah, type it, of black metal. It really metal. wasn't until Pandemonic Incantations where the band really started to come in their own. You know, yeah. Just like, okay, this is Behemoth, yeah. you know. Although I gotta say, the Aposti, their last record, mm. was, kind of, was a little wishy-washy. Yeah, kind of, I kind of washed over me. To be completely honest, I really don't remember it that much. 
<laughs> Which means they got a lot to live up to exactly. with Evangelion. So let's hear a track from this new record. This is called Transmigrating Beyond Realms of Menti. <laughs> show that one comes from evangelion um behemoth we brought it up before they've been around for a really really long time in my opinion they're one of those bands you could honestly look at their their albums chronologically and they've pretty much just gotten better and better with each release at least perfecting their sound definitely 
but we talked about their last record, The Apostasy. I really don't remember it that much. I don't know what it is. Maybe I just didn't listen to it enough or what. Uh, so when I went no, into this kinda, album... No, it was kind of lame. Not going to lie. Yeah. You know, going into this album, I was a little skeptical because this band is kind of achieving a little higher status within the realm of American metal being on the Rockstar Energy Mayhem Festival. You know, but maybe that's just me being picky um, because at the core of it, this is a pretty badass album. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you know what? It was weird because I, you know, the first three or four tracks really stood out for me, mm-hmm. right? And then yeah. it got, and then it kind of petered out a little bit for me, at least on the first listen. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think I took it to what is probably the ultimate test for, for records like these, and that is working out to them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, that's when I decided that this is a really cool album because yeah. you can work out to it. It's, <laughs> oh my god, this is, it's perfect hybridization of black and modern death metal. Yeah. It's, it's all sort of in there and it's all, it's all its own thing, you know, but it all sounds familiar. In a good way. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting. Like the the production on this album is pretty slick. Yeah, you know, but not in like a Velvet Revolver sort of Hollywood slick. But I mean, just like everything sounds. It's still great. dark and huge. Oh, yeah, I mean, the drums are relentless on this album. That's like the first thing I noticed. But just like the vocals, I don't know how they recorded them, but Nurgle. They, they're just like completely demonic, you yeah. know, just where it sounds almost like 50 different demons are chanting each song. Yeah. Pretty incredible stuff. It's a double horns record. Yeah, and what's cool about this record, too, is it's pretty short for a Behemoth album, too. Yeah, they tend S- they tend to be a little bit more expansive than usual. Yeah, so, or, or usually, but not on this record. Yeah, I found myself listening to this album, you know, like two times in a row when I was listening to it, like driving in my car or whatever, or just like walking down the street with headphones on, just having it on, because it is pretty short and it's pretty cool. What else do we have to tell you? Just get this album. Behemoth's pretty awesome. Double horns. That's going to do it for another edition of The Metal Show. We have uh, an interesting show next week that uh, features some bands that we don't really cover too often, mostly because of your uh, prejudice against them, Reverend. <laughs> yeah, um, technical metal. Is, Not necessarily uh, technical, but tech progressive. Yeah, kind of a weird subject with me, and I don't know if that only has something to do with the fact that I prefer doom metal uh, before anything else. But uh, either way, we're going to take a look at the new albums from Dysrhythmia, which I'm hearing a lot of mixed things about, so we got to check that out for ourselves. And we're going to be checking out the new record from a band called Saros. It's kind of like a blackened sort of proggy thing. And then the, uh, I think I'm pretty sure, one of the new records from Devourment. Yeah. Brutal death metal from Dallas, Texas. It gets. Pretty much. The Metal Show is produced at WCRX 88.1 FM, a Columbia College radio station.